0: Okay, what is happening here? Where are we? Glix, give us a situation report. Currently we are on the planet Geekery. Be warned, our impossibility drive may cause distortions as we traverse this land. Impending impossibility engaging in 3, (laughs) 2, 1.
1: Glix, hijack is imminent. Processing. Processing. Lick's is successful. You are clear to transmit. Captain, are you?
0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Primitive Rhythm Machine. Uh, I have, as usual, Steve with me here, and I am... Can you see me waving? Probably not. Okay, well... Waving,
1: uh, everybody, <laughs> waving.
0: <laughs> uh, trying and, not to
1: interrupt, well, so I'm, I'm going to wave. Doing, you're,
0: you're doing a great job of not know,
1: interrupting. I know, I'm... What, I'm yeah well i'm trying not that's why anyway go ahead go ahead and talk
0: <laughs> and Pretend i'm John? like i'm
1: not even here i'm sorry go ahead right that was rude of me um i won't do uh oh, i'm sorry
0: you're killing me smalls <laughs> um and uh this has been a busy month for geek devotions um and one thing that was brought to our attention is that the month of May is in fact American mental health month. And, uh, we felt that was important enough to kick out a uh, special episode for it. It was something we definitely wanted to, uh, uh, make sure that we acknowledged in some form, uh, Dallas and Celeste with their 40 hour stream have been too busy this week to, uh, be able to put out an uh, an episode themselves so I, steve Slakers. and i <laughs> yeah 40 hours total yeah. slackers um <laughs> so steve and i decided to uh jump on it um and just
1: uh, just at the end of the entire month but still it's valid because it is part of the month so
0: well you know it may it may seem like this is an afterthought, but it really isn't because honestly, we didn't know that May was mental American Mental health Month until probably about four days ago. so or at least I didn't, and I know Celeste and Dallas didn't until I brought it to their attention. I can't speak for Steve, so
1: i I may have, but it's been it's been a month, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I can't remember. Everything that's gone on this month. I started working. I st- or I'm training for a new job while still doing my old job. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's not much of a big change. It's still driving buses. It's just not school buses. It's city buses.
0: Oh well. So, there you go. There well, congratulations on the ju- new job, man. Thanks, man. Uh, but uh, one one thing that I really wanted to tap on. With this topic, because I'm, I'm fairly outspoken with my own personal, uh, mental health struggles that I have. I have, uh, some anxiety problems that, uh, I take medication for, but I, it's only been within the last year that I've gotten help for it. So, uh, it, so one of my, one of my biggest passions in talking about my issues is the stigma of mental health within the American church. Hmm. I say the American church because that's my personal experience. I can't speak for elsewhere in the world. So if you're somewhere else in the world listening to this, please feel free to chime in the conversation on any of the outlets that these are that this uh, reaches to. Yeah. Uh, but uh, do you yourself have any history with Amer- with uh, mental health at all? Steve. I don't
1: personally, not in my family, but my wife's side of the family Very much so Mm -hmm. Um, to the point where she talks with our kids about uh, very much more than I do. I'm more, you know, structured on, you know, learning things and stuff like that. But when she talks to them about, you know, how are you doing in school and if you're feeling, uh, you know, too much pressure or whatever, you can take a mental health day, which is Mm -hmm. not a term I had ever heard before. But it makes perfect sense. Right. You know, if you have, you know, I I hurt my Achilles tendon, I can't walk today. I'm perfectly fine to go and learn, but I just physically can't do it. I'm going to take a physical health day, you know, (laughs) or if I'm sick or if I have COVID, obviously you take a physical health day, you can't do it. And then sometimes it gets to a point with some people, especially people in my immediate family, um, and they need to take a mental health day. Um, I don't have that luxury, <laughs> if you want to call it that, but I also don't really feel as though I ever got to the point where I needed something like that. Not to to take away from people who do need that. Um, you know, some people, they never get sick. Okay, great, that's, that's good for them. Um, for me, I... I, sh- I I guess I struggle with this a different way than most people do. Um, with many people, they internalize what's going on with the with their depression and their ex- anxiety, and sometimes you can't get out of it because it seems like there's nowhere to go. And especially non Christians do this, and because Christians live in a largely non-Christian world nowadays. these days, nowadays, um, a, you know, a post-Christian uh, place where we live where you, you – uh, did they do a Friends episode about this and what happened? Oh, it was like everyone getting together and, you know – Having a sort of an intervention about, hey, you know, all the positive things in your life. And, oh, I guess I shouldn't be depressed or anxious. And then they got out of it. And 22 minutes later, everything's okay. Or, you know, stuff like that. And they never get to the core of it, which I think when I was younger, I was able to to find that spiritual core where I sort of, I don't internalize the depression or the anxiety. I just, you know, I, I cast my cares back on God. I uh, One of the, the, the uh, Bible verses that stuck with me for, you know, this and for other things is when Christ was uh, leaving his disciples and he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not like the world gives, I give to you. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. You know, I'm giving you the gift of the Holy spirit. And whenever I got to a point where it was sort of like, Oh no, what am I going to do? I always thought to myself, I have the Prince of peace. Who's able to give me his peace.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, you know, whatever, I mean, he's, he's, he's blessed me with, with sleep. You know, I, I get to sleep quickly. I sleep deeply. I, I have dreams because I remember dreaming, but I don't really remember them, Mm -hmm. which might be good because I don't remember the bad ones either. So when I wake up, I'm usually refreshed. I actually, a lot of times I have a sense of accomplishment because something went on in my dream (laughs) that i'm serious i i feel like i was industrious you know like something happened and i got something done i have no idea what it was i don't know what the you know it could be any genre i have no idea most of the time um and i wake up refreshed i jump out of bed i go right to work and all that stuff and so he he gives me that piece and i look at that and i say to myself if he can do that well, i'm asleep <laughs> you know what can he do now that my brain is active and creative and in doing stuff and engaged and out there in the world i'm a bus driver so i'm driving around looking at things and seeing things nature sunrise beaches and you know, all this wonderful stuff that i live near and i never personally I never get to the point where I just take it all inside and I say, there's nothing that I can do about it. So I'm lost. You know, I mm-hmm. never have that, that feeling. Um, and I know it's different for everybody. I, I really don't mean by any of my words to, to uh, make someone else think that that's all it is because right. for some people, it's just so much deeper. And so there's
0: so many deeper, deeper roots that I just don't feel. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah and I, I get that I used to be the same way. Uh, I was with, with me myself best I can trace my issues back. I, uh, a lot of it comes from a church situation that I was involved in for, uh, almost, almost 11 years. Um, uh, I got saved in a, uh, kind of I would call it a Pentecostal light church. It was just one calorie, not Pentecostal enough, you know? (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah. That that's my little joke because they weren't like the crazy. I I won't say crazy. That's, that's, that's a bad word to use, especially given our, our subject material. Um, uh, it, it, it wasn't one of the ones that you would see on Dateline where they're rolling in the aisles or, snake handling or anything like that. Um, but there was some stuff that went on in that church and the pastor of that church over a period of time became more and more spiritually abusive towards the people uh, in the inner circle of the, uh, of the leadership. And I just happened to be one of those people who ended up in that inner circle. Um, you know, I would be called, he would call me fat from the pulpit. Wow, (laughs) or various other things. I mean, there's a, there's a big long story that really accents the level of abuse that it, that it came to, uh, when I start talking about the story of the reason why I ended up leaving that church. And I actually, my good buddy, Eric, whom you've met, uh, was, was there to witness that particular situation. I won't dive into it now because I don't want the show to be about, Hey, look at my trauma. Right. Um, but you know, it, 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 it got pretty vicious with the way it, with the, man, the level of manipulation and abuse that was going on. Um, and then after I ended up leaving that church, I, you know, I I don't think I dealt with the, I don't think I dealt with the hurt correctly that I, that I went through, that I went through there after the fact. And so I ended up internalizing a lot of it. And then probably within the last five years, I would just start having these, anxiety attacks for absolutely no reason. Um, it, and it would start out small. It would start out where I would just get very appreh- apprehensive and anxious when I'm in large crowds of people that I'm not familiar with, like going grocery shopping on a going grocery shopping at a large store on a Saturday would be a bad idea for me. Cause I would start getting very agitated being in the middle of the store for no reason. Um, all the way up till, uh, last year, even where it got so bad, where I would just be sitting at my desk in my office working and I work from home, everybody. And I would just spend the whole day during work with this overwhelming feeling like, and, and for no particular reason, but it would, it would literally feel like the absolute most terrible thing in the world is about to happen. And I'm completely powerless to stop it. Um, just for no reason at all, you know, and, that's how I, for probably about two years, that's how I would spend every day of my life. And I, I was try. I basically, I, I didn't want to acknowledge that I had a problem because I, in the back of my head, I was always just like, oh, there's people out there who have it so much worse than me. I'm, I just need to buck up and deal with it. And the other half of that was, you know, you would, I would, I would talk to people who I would see as being the, the spiritual people and I'm, I'm doing air quotes for people who can't see me. Um, and I'd be like, Hey, you know what? I, this is kind of how I feel. And and then the first thing that they, they would do is they would start busting out scripture. I mean, it's all the scripture says, be anxious and nothing and blah, 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 blah. And you know, and you just don't have enough faith. That's basically what it came down oh, to brother. <laughs> And so it's just like okay, I, I need to have more faith. I need, to, and I always felt like I was doing something wrong because I couldn't stop these anxious feelings from happening. But um, no matter how hard I tried to have faith, again doing the air quotes. Um, and then what really put me over the edge as far as trying to see help. It, trying to get help for it was when my sister finally talked to me, she, she told me that she was, uh, taking medication for anxiety because she had a a bit of a breakdown herself. And I said, Oh my gosh. And, and she, and then I started telling her about what I was going to. And she's like, yeah, you need to go talk to somebody about that. Uh, she's like that. And I and I told her about my feelings of, well, I just don't have it that bad. You know, there's other people out there who are worse than me and I just need to buck up. And she goes, no, that's the, that's the disease talking. She's like, you need to, you need to seek help for that. Um, and that's only been within the last year or so. In fact, you can actually hear the difference in how I've been since I've sought help. Um, if you guys listen to playing games with strangers, cause the first, I think five episodes, I, I was in at the end of right before I took, I started, uh, getting, getting help for my anxiety. Um, and it was a little bit difficult for me to function within that group because literally I was playing a game of D and D with straight people whom I've never met before. And that's just a weird situation to put yourself in when you have anxiety. But that was me really trying to put myself out there.
1: And they weren't and, sh- like normal strangers either. They were strange strangers. I mean, even though you know us now, yeah. we're still stranger than most people. Yeah. So you're still playing games with stranger
0: <laughs> strangers. I see what you're doing there, Steve. Um and so, aliens,
1: strangers and aliens. I'm sorry, that's a whole different thing.
0: Go ahead. Yeah, that that that, that that's that's a part of the Averyverse. <laughs> um <laughs> um so so I I guess I guess that's really the point I want to drive home to people who are listening to this because I know this I, my intention is to have this be kind of a shorter episode not because this topic doesn't matter but I I I don't really want to drag out the point is the point that I wanted to make which was uh you know if you are a Christian and you're in the church and you do have mental health issues going on, or you think you do, you know, be it anxiety or depression, or, you know, I had, I had a friend in church at one point who was incredibly bipolar. Uh,
1: It can be medical. There's, I mean, don't think that medicine can't help in situations like this. Don't just immediately go to it. Like, Oh, I have to medicate, but God gives us medicine to help in situations like this and other, and other things. So don't, don't discount medicine
0: i agree um but yeah absolutely go talk to your uh your your medical practitioner that you that you see whomever it is um, and it doesn't it doesn't speci- you don't have to specifically start because that was the other thing was I started looking for uh, a mental health care professional it, it, when, I, when I initially started thinking about looking for help and there's a world of them out there and some of them get really strange with their practice and it's just like you don't know which one's a good one um, but, in talking to my sister, she goes she told me she 's like the first person you want to talk to is your is just your doctor that you see your regular family doctor, and they can point you in whatever direction that they that that they think would suit you best um because you don 't it 's not your place to self diagnose so uh please seek help and i would I would actually throw it out there to the people who don 't have mental health issues if someone approaches you. Um, it's super easy to go to, uh, just throw out the Bible verse cliche at somebody and really misuse the Bible in those situations. I mean, I don't think that, I don't think that when the Bible said be anxious and nothing, it was talking about people who actually have a mental health problem, in stating oh well you should they shouldn't be anxious because they don't have enough faith that's that's not what that verse is about i mean that's that that verse is more about being apprehensive about being provided for on your day-to-day basis not don't have anxiety or yeah and that was the other thing that was that was actually another thing that my old pastor used to sit talk about from the pulpit when it came to mental health issues he would talk about you know, Christians shouldn't have depression. Christians should be the happiest people people in the world because, you know, and he'd go down the concept of joy and basically made it sound like if you dealt with depression, you're just not spiritually strong enough to deal with it, and that taking antidepressants was a crutch and it was just a a lie of the devil. And I'm just like, wow. You know, looking back at it, I'm just like, wow, man, that's it's
1: that's, dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Because there's, unfortunately, there's some truth in it, but to unpack the entire thing is difficult to do, especially if it's coming from a pulpit from someone you, you're supposed to trust. I mean, right. you're, you're at that church because you've handpicked it, hopefully, and you know it's the best one in your area and all that stuff. And then this person who you trust obviously is, is misrepresenting it. I mean, obviously, Christians should have joy. And Christians should be those people in prison who are singing and, and, you know, doing all that stuff. They should. That's Christians in general. And then there's the specific Christians who are at any level of spirituality. We're not all Paul and Silas. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're Saul (laughs) on the road Mm. to Emmaus. And, you know, Saul on the road to Emmaus, if he was thrown into prison at that point, what would his experience be? It would be—I mean, he would be completely out of his brain about what exactly is going on. I, I'm supposed to do this, but now I'm here, and all this stuff. And wait a minute—I was persecuting, now I'm persecuting, and all that stuff going on in his head at the same time. He would be an example of what I call the worst Christian in the world, Right. because at any time in the in in existence, there's a worst Christian in the world. And that could be, it doesn't matter, the president of the United States, or it could be the guy sitting next to you in the pew, or it could be you, you know, there's someone who's the worst Christian in the world, not getting it, not understanding it, but has just enough information to have a saving faith in 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 God, mm-hmm. in Christ. And we need to have that <laughs> grace and that mercy that is going to help us when we come in contact with people who need that type of of attention Mm -hmm. so when it comes to people who are coming out of drugs coming out of prostitution coming out of anything and they're failing and they're they're anxious and they're you know all this stuff have that grace have that mercy you know, if they misunderstand something wildly about the Bible, like someone, I was talking to someone, they said their friend said, well, Jesus rose from the dead, right? Well, yes, Jesus rose. So Jesus is a ghoul, you know, and using a a, a term for, you know, what people nowadays might understand as someone who rose from the dead, like a zombie or something. Mm-hmm. And some Christians would be mortified and say, oh, no, no, you can't. No, obviously. no." But guess what? When Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to his disciples, they thought he was a ghost. So it's not much of a huge step to say people who live in this post-Christian culture are going to wildly misunderstand stuff, and people coming out of that culture and taking a step into Christianity who have a saving faith, they're going to misunderstand it too. They're going to have these types of things playing on their mind, and still with a, you know a demonic oppression that still exists with Christians you're going to have that and to be able to with love and with patience and with with mercy and grace and and show them the joy that you have that is a goal now for them but realize that these are people taking these steps and there are plenty of people out there in the entire spectrum of you know, the greatest Christian to the worst Christian. And we have to, we have to find ourselves on that spectrum mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, use the, the higher part of the spectrum to some, as something to attain, you know, not for salvation, but to uh, our, our works are what shows our faith. Basically, Right. it doesn't give us uh, salvation. It shows our salvation. Right. Um, and, you know, you work towards that, thinking to yourself, I'll never make it there. But that's that's faithfulness. That's what God has called us to do. He doesn't call us to have results. He doesn't say, save 20 people and then you punch your ticket to heaven. He says, give the gospel to every living creature. Right. You give, you, and if you, if you give the gospel to every living creature and no one comes to faith in Christ because of that, guess what? You were faithful. You did it. You're moving in that spectrum and all the people on the other side of the spectrum, show them that grace, show them that mercy, bring them. And, you know, maybe in, in your path upward, it'll drag some of them a little bit.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: All you can do really is be faithful.
0: And I, I, and I think that of the people that are in the church who have an understanding of, who have an appropriate understanding of mental health, um, and that it's okay to get help for, it. I think that, you know, people, those people also should have the same amount of grace for the individuals who get a little bit, you know, what we used to call psycho spiritual about the whole situation, mm-hmm. um, where they tell you, Oh, you just don't have enough faith. It's just like, well, you know, y- y- you don't, you never understand the struggles that somebody's going through that you're talking to and and that's the reason why i i am not sitting here just that's the reason why i'm not naming names or trying to really bash my old pastor that's not what i'm trying to accomplish because you know i don't know what lens he's looking at life through when he right. when he says what he says you know and yeah. I, I i can't necessarily even say that the abuse that that i experienced from him was uh, necessarily intentional you know i I, I can't speak to that, but what I, what I, what I can speak to is that I, I've come to a place where I've forgiven him for what has happened. And there's a certain amount of grace that you have to have with those individuals. One thing that I've, I've noticed since the advent of the internet is you will never argue somebody to your point of view. <laughs> <laughs> Very rarely, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, uh, Don't it, try. It, People are more swayed by how you how you present it within who you are rather than what you try to beat them over the head with. So it uh, has to be
1: a conscience change when you talk, when you talk to people, you can convince them of something, you know, you, I, if I really wanted to, I could, you know, talk to you about quantum mechanics and you'd be like, I don't really think that, Oh, but here X, Y, and Z. Okay. Now you've, you you know, but if it's something where they believe something Mm -hmm. and you know, it's wrong then the only real way that you can bring them to the light of truth is to go to their conscience level and talk to them about things that they personally know to be true and then bring them through the steps. Like when you're presenting the gospel, you know, you do, you, do you think that there's a God or do you think there's no God? Basically right. that's, you know, how the Bible gives us the two options, basically, you know, with, dealing with with pagans or dealing with Jewish people in the, in the Bible. And nowadays, it's basically dealing with atheists or dealing with theists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so whichever one you start at, oh, yeah, I believe there's a God. Okay, good. We can work from there on. Or right. I don't believe there's a God. Okay, well, what do you think brought all this into being? And then you can sort of get them to a point where, okay, I might not believe in your God, but I believe Something like a god. I'm not an actual atheist, so and you can get them at least to that point, right. and then work towards. And so you you have those tools, which it works on the conscience level. Right. And if you can't if you can't do that, then all you're doing is is either trying to just convince them mentally in which case someone else is going to come along with a little better information or information that just makes more sense or is spoken better. And it's going to convince them out of it. Right. Or the other ditch is just, you know, (sighs) the emotional ditch where you're just like, you know, Oh, come on. You know, your best friends believe this or, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your grandma was a Christian. Don't you want to see her in heaven? And, you know, I mean, it's, it's that emotional pull where, the next emotional thing that comes along is the thing that's going to get them out of that, you know, yeah. like all the the, the concerts the people that people to go to to go to, and they're whipped up and they have all the emotion. Oh yes, yes, this is the greatest thing ever, and and then you know, then they go to a, you know, a to fill in the blank of the you know, a secular concert and it's even bigger and better and it's like, oh yes, yes, yes. I believe in this person's uh you know uh, uh <laughs> be- viewpoint or whatever. And so it's whatever is the next high basically right. is, is mm-hmm. what you're so you can't do that. Those are the two ditches, the mental ditch and the, the emotional ditch. Just work on their conscience level because at that point they're you're not convincing them of something they don't believe. You're working with the tools that they're giving you, the stuff right. that they do believe And you can work that way. And I think that is very instructive when we're talking about Christians and mental health. Because, you know, we don't want to just throw the Bible verses at them. And the Bible verse that worked for me with the Prince of Peace and all that stuff, that works for me, Mm -hmm. you know. But you can bring someone to that point and say, well, you know, the Bible is true, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but you know, there's so much of it and I don't know. And then you can be that person that walks them through. Well, do you know, do you know what it says about, do you know, Paul struggled with, you know, depression? How, did, you, did you ever read Psalm 119? I know it's really long, but <laughs> you know, and but you know, you can get to a point where you have that conscience level understanding and you can bring that. And in if you do it gently and mercifully and gracefully and, and practice it, you know, mm-hmm. bring it to a point where, where you're, you've done it before, so
0: just do it again. And I would also say that it's not really, if someone comes to you and starts talking about mental health issues, it's not... I mean, it, it one yes it is you you should encourage them but it's it, it's not really I think some people take it upon themselves to try to talk them out of seeking help from a medical professional as well and I don't think that's really anybody's place to make that decision to try to talk somebody out of seeking help where they can find it um
1: I think the deepest help they can get though is the, the spiritual help. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, I mean, you always, you always want to incorporate this, the, the, you always want to have that spiritual aspect in it. I mean, I, I, I sought God for a long time before I sought medical help. Um, You know, and it it was just one of those things. I needed the medical help because I I I got to a point where I was having a really hard time functioning on the day to day just because I was had these irrational feelings going on inside my head, and I couldn't I couldn't I didn't feel like I could express them outwards because I didn't want it to affect anybody else, and that was the worst part. Yeah. Um. So, you know. Really what it comes down to is if you, if you have, if you feel like you need help, ask for help. It's basically Mm -hmm. what it comes down to uh, above all seek God. If you feel like you need to seek medical attention, please do. There's nothing wrong with that. No matter what somebody tells you, uh, my life has benefited greatly from it. And I don't feel like i I am any less of a Christian because I take medication for my issues right, someone shouldn't
1: vilify you for that either, so right
0: right yeah so so i i that that's kind of the main point that I wanted to drive home with this. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts, Steve?
1: Just a couple of resources. Maybe um, there's a, a, a foundation, I guess, I don't know if it's a foundation. If it was the right word, but whatever it's called the association of certified biblical counselors. Mm-hmm. And they just take a complete biblical approach to it. It's not just hammering you overhead with Bible verses, It's walking you as a Christian through steps that you might not be aware of through biblical instruction, through, you know, good theology Mm -hmm. and basically making you a better Christian as you're making yourself healthier. Right. So uh, Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, biblicalcounseling.com and just a couple of books I wanted to mention just in case anyone um, just want something where you know maybe maybe a book will help you. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but one is called Depression by Edward T. Welch. Ed Welch, looking up from the stubborn darkness, is the subtitle. Just depression and Welch. And also one uh, overcoming panic attacks, which is I believe is a shorter book mm-hmm. by Ray Comfort, um, who is a, uh, a international evangelist and everything that he does revolves around the gospel. So, you know, and he, he suffered from panic attacks, I think for years Mm -hmm. and he's an evangelist. He's like a street evangelist. So you think to yourself, okay, you know, I'm not a street evangelist. I don't talk in front of people, but I still suffer from panic attacks and, you know, on the subway or, you know, in, in my carpool or something. This is a guy who suffered from panic attacks as a street evangelist Yeah, and how he got over it and how it, it all resolves back to the gospel and, you know, uh, a great theology. So just those two things, overcoming panic attacks by uh, Ray Comfort and depression by Ed Welch. And mm-hmm. if you really wanted to go deeper and also if you're someone who wants to become someone who helps people, I've actually looked into – Uh, uh, going through the course to become part of the Association of Certified uh, Biblical Counselors, because I don't have the same encounter with uh, depression and anxiety as some other people do. Maybe I can help them because I am coming from it from that different angle. If you have that feeling that you might be the type of person that wants to help but doesn't take the doesn't don't doesn't know what to do to take the next step then i would say check out the association of certified biblical counselors acbc um and see if you want to do something like that it's a it's not an easy course it's not like a you know just to take an online test and you get a search cert- certificate or something it's it's pretty rigorous um so if it's something you want to do, uh, it's something that a lot of people need. Churches need. You might be able to get your church to sponsor you. Mm-hmm. Things like that. So,
0: excellent. Well, uh, like I said, it was going to be a little bit shorter episode this uh, this go around, and uh, we're going to go ahead and end it here. But uh, we did leave you with some resources, and uh, like I said, if you if you aren't sure about books or anything. You can always talk to your own uh, medical, her- medical care professional, and they can always start you on the track there as well. That's what I did. So, and you please talk join to us if you'd like. Absolutely. And join in the conversation wherever Geek Devotions is at, wherever you're hearing this. We'd love to talk to you. Um, and uh, let us know your perspective on this topic. And, uh, uh, you know, I we all, we definitely would be interested in hearing from you. So, until next time, I'm John i'm steve and uh you know uh peace and love well, i guess
1: <laughs> i was gonna say well said <laughs>
0: uh, you know
1: uh you know the on the
0: uh hmm mm, yeah <laughs> peace
1: and love from up above y'all yeah peace and love all right
0: Palms returning to normal in three two one